We are here for you. You are here for us. We are here together. And that makes it our time at the Fest Podcast. Well, you just chose that on your own. We didn't discuss which one you're going to use tonight on the way in. Nobody needs to discuss on that. I have the intro. You have the books all written down. I wrote them, so I get to pick them. What? Hey, it looks like you got a new decoration back there, Jared. A little new prop. I do. I have a sun devil flag. Thank you very much, Luke Schaefer. Yeah, thanks to me. Thanks to yours truly. That was awesome. I apologize for when you showed it to me this afternoon, not to have thanked you appropriately and uh, said that it needed to be ironed. Yeah, the first thing you say is like, that needs to be ironed. First of all, I didn't know you were such an iron type of guy. I'm not, but like when you're around the Luke Schaeferness and everything (laughs) has to be in a certain spot, everything has to be perfect. You kind of look at everything with a certain view. So <laughs> that was immediately the first thing I saw. So you flipped it right on me. Uh, I appreciate of, that. It's not me. Well, let's do this. This is my space. This, this is sh- like dirty dancing, right? <laughs> but we'll never, ever dirty dance together. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Are you sure? Like, <laughs> but I gladly would have hung up another NDSU. No, vote. you know what you threatened me with, and I probably would have had to kill you. With? The U of A flag. Well, that got your attention. I would have had to burn it. <laughs> Or flush Ooh. it down the toilet. Or, you know what? I would have left it for the homeless dude. He could have wrapped himself up in it. Hey, you know what? We got a nice, nice little, nice little color action we behind got, you now. We got some motif. You got the NDSU behind me or Looks behind good. you. I got the issue behind me. And I like that one because it's a little old school. Uh, you know, it's not old, old school. No, but it's the other the ones were black and right. all that kind of stuff. No, whatever. Well, let's uh, let's sound check this deal, Jared. All right. So we're going to talk in the Indie Country Fest update about some things that are going on. Yes, it's uh, it's exciting. It's fun. It's good. <laughs> those, Can't wait for the updates. <laughs> those price checks really get you going. <laughs> and then we're going to go into festival update. I don't know. This one's kind of hit me hard on the way in. Yeah, so. it'll it'll be good. It'll be good conversation. I mean, it's obviously relative of what has happened today. Definitely. You know? It happened uh, right after we got done with our interview, I think. So. Definitely has affected the music industry. Yeah, and... It's interesting to note because you're what, eight years younger than me? Yeah, something like that. Right. And how it's affecting me and then how it affects you and kind of the change in age right there is just interesting that we're both kind of wrapped up in that. So Yeah. I mean it'll it'll be a good conversation. Yeah. It'll and then great. our headliner was really hey, awesome. This was fun. This was a great guy that that we know. Uh great guy that's the GM of the Chesapeake Energy arena a great guy in the live entertainment industry a fellow that's from north dakota just like myself but right. that's uh, chris simro of of uh of the chesapeake who's the gm <laughs> of the chesapeake you know arena, arena and you know what was great arena. about that um was that there were certain things that just sort of all, that interview just tied itself in so it was really good uh yeah then we'll hit ralphie's top three and then we'll hit stage left and hey tell him how we can get a hold of them and us how they can get a hold of us or watch our podcast or listen to our podcast so for those of you that can't wait for the video to come out the podcast drops on fridays uh on itunes and all your other podcasting sources we'd really like to get a review and your subscription Uh, everybody that subscribes leave a review tell us how awesome we are we'll go on and read that review uh and we're kind of trying to build those subscriptions up yeah, so the first 100 people that subscribe to our YouTube channel, so you can obviously watch this as well. So jump over to our YouTube channel, subscribe, so you'll obviously get it when uh, we drop a new YouTube, which is every Friday as well. All right. We're going to jump and put you into a drawing, and that will be uh, for some festival tickets for festivals around probably the country and we're starting to bump that up i think we're we're a third of the way to our goal yeah over a third so we're cruising right along so jump on subscribe check us out there it's good you can see the studios you can see us you can see the things that we're talking about on the screen right and uh you know check out our little uh, a little sparky going here yeah you can see jared's asu flag or you can see my NDS, and it all looks great because of the boys at light jumper media (laughs) that's right that's right So do we want to we want to roll into Andy Country Fest updates, my friend? We do. So what do you got going on this well, week? Well, first before we jump in that, that's Find Your Keys with Lee, which is brought to you by Alliance Real Estate. Yep. So what do we have? We have a price increase coming up on on the 21st of October. Um, obviously, some things are getting tight. We've talked about VIP camping. We've talked about VIP tickets. You want to jump on at ndcountryfest.com before noon on the 21st, noon central on the 21st of October to grab that experience that you want. So make sure you 
you check that out and uh, jump on there and see that. Our Spotify list. Yeah, you picked. You had one of the fans pick a song last week. Yeah. So from here on out, when we're on our Facebook Live, so you can jump over to the ND Country Fest Facebook like that. Hit the notifications. We will go live, and then we give away some stuff. We make some drinks on there every yep. Thursday, which is our Thirsty Thursday updates. And we kind of have this week's should be fun. It'll be good. It'll be a little different uh, setting. We'll yeah, say. we decided to. What? Change it up. Definitely, it's a change up. <laughs> it's not roasting here, so we're going to try something different. So what we're doing with everybody is you can go ahead and drop in on our Thirsty Thursdays at usually 1 p.m. Central. Yep. And then uh, we do a thing where we're building our Spotify list for we do a playlist every year. So our 2021 playlist, uh, we're letting you, our fans, everybody there decide what we should add every week. And by the time it's said and done, we should have a great playlist, which will be made by our fans, which is really cool. And we had a lot of interaction and that's 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 great to see so this year's lineup is thursday night who you got going so the big the big whole lineup we have little texas we have diamond rio we have brantley gilbert which is headlining friday we have dustin lynch we have leroy parnell we have john michael montgomery it's full of 52 major country music hits i was just gonna ask you how many hits 52 and it's really cool because it's a it's a mix it's a great mix from traditional country to relevant today's new country. A little rock country with Brantley Gilbert a little bit. What would you call it? Completely, right? So that's rock country. Brantley Gilbert brings it with high energy, and that's a Friday night, right? Yeah, I can't a wait Friday for that show. Friday night with Brantley Gilbert. I mean, he just crushes it. And you know what? He has great new material that's coming out right now, and, and he's climbing the charts with his new song, which is uh, Hard Days, which is really cool. We've got a lot of interaction with him, which you'll see on our Facebook, too, here shortly in the next couple of weeks that's coming out too with us this is kind of cool and then uh dustin lynch too dustin lynch is headlining saturday night dustin lynch had tons of new material coming out right before the cove the cove the rona (laughs) right before the cove which was um you know that was hard but yet it still got out there but he still wanted to go on tour and put that into live performances but you know what you'll see it at Andy country fest on july 8 9 and 10 up in north dakota with us just outside of bismarck i can't wait yeah, let's hear a little bit more about Lee. What sets me apart is I like to interact with my eight clients a little bit more maybe, just actually become more friends with them than just a client business relationship. I'd probably have to say it'd be Hoo Hut just because I like the food and my daughter absolutely loves it. I chose real estate because I like to help people and it's fun, it's exciting, it can be stressful, but it's always good to just find a solution to a problem. All right, it's time for festival news from around the world, Jared. I don't know if it's very festive or around the world. I guess this would be around the world. This is a tough one, you know. It's a tough one. We're going to talk about it, as yep. everybody knows, probably. Yeah, right? we we were in the middle of uh, going over festival news from around the world, which is, what do you think's harder? Preparing for the headliner or trying to find festival news that isn't canceled live stream <laughs> or um, 2021 news. Well, there isn't, right? There isn't a ton of stuff going on. There right. isn't, but we have found some. We did. We, we sat down. We did, we did find some. Live. And right in the middle of that, the news came out about Eddie Van Halen passing away. Yeah, that's tough. Man. And that's that's a kick right in the mortality for me because <laughs> I think I was 14 when 84 came out or 1984 came out. And, yeah. you know, that opening rift of jump, it like it takes me back to middle school dancing. Um, it just I'm I'm a teenager. You are. It kind of shook you. It did. It like, has ever since we got a, that news. It's a little bit of a bummer. You're a little shooken. Eddie Van Halen's probably the greatest guitarist of my generation, if he is my generation. Well, it's one of those, right, where he changed the industry, changed the guitar, the instrument itself. It definitely changed it. And I don't know if a lot of people know this, but he's one of the first ones to ever start tapping on the guitar. Not You know, you play it like this, but then he's like, you know, like with eruption and all that stuff. It's it's amazing. It's crazy that that happened. It's um it's hard. You know, with me, I have older brothers, so right. I, they were listening to Van Halen for, for ever since I was born, right? Because yeah, they're so, my age, right? Uh, one, yeah, what, well, yeah, they're yep. They, right the oldest them. is about your age, yep. and then they work their way down to me. But and that's how it goes, man. You, it's like you hear this song and you start listening to Van Halen. Eighty four came out, and then automatically I had to get into uh, Diver Down and Van Halen Two, and all those albums that came out in the seventies or late seventies, and then you're all into that, and then you're like 
hey, you've got to listen to this album. This is great stuff. And it's amazing. A lot of memories that I have on that. So like I told you on the way in, which you didn't know, I used to play the drums. Right. I never knew that. I'm like, <laughs> you, I can see it. There's a lot of energy there. Your I, mom was probably trying to. Oh, it was great. Uh, you know. Um, my grandma played the drums in a band. What? Yeah. My my grandma. Now that we want to get into that. I we kind of do. Later. I want to know about grandma That's playing the drums. One. She played the drums and my grandpa played the accordion. Polka band? Oh, no. Uh, kind of. Kind of? Kind of, but recent. It, it was, that should be another episode. That's should. pretty good. That's really it's good. pretty good. It's really good. But anyway, my brother played electric guitar and still does. Right. And is phenomenal at it. Phenomenal. So growing up, you I was have, playing the drums. You could have the Schaefer's instead of the Van Halen? <laughs> yeah. No, we're not good. Not that good? Not even close. So Panama is a big song. Panama. So, Panama. Panama. Yes. Panama. So I used, I played the drums and my uh, brother played electric guitar to it and it was pretty cool. So that's when, when I heard that today, I was like, man, that sucks. Panama. We were trying to go over what our favorite 1984 song or our favorite Van Halen songs were mm -hmm. and mine are really about 1984 except maybe uh running with the devil uh Jamie's got a gun is that no no Jamie's crying yeah so there you go um but, but it was, yeah it was tough news it was tough I pulled some stuff off of Twitter on it's going crazy because that's everywhere you know some legends even legends commented on this you know Lenny Kravitz this is what he wrote legendary guitarist and musical innovator Edward Van Halen he gave the dates 1955 to 2020 heaven will be electric tonight. Yeah, they will for sure. This one, Steve, I, I don't know. A lot of people know, see, you got to know probably Steve another group, one anything, of the greatest guitars, anything in music. One, probably close to Eddie Van Halen, if not the yeah. same, but here, here's what Steve said, feeling deep sadness and overwhelming appreciation. The appreciation and love for him is bigger though. Let's take a minute and try to imagine our world. If he never showed up, it's unthinkable. It is like, honestly, if there was no jump, there was no 84. I, I even remember when Van Halen split and David Lee Roth left and it was kind of like a divorce in the family and which side are you going to choose? And I remember getting OU812 uh, sitting in my bedroom in the basement uh, looking at that album going, am I going to like this? Do I want to like this? Is it something I should like? Uh, you know, I like old Van Halen, not new Van Halen, but part of me loves um, Hagar. Can't drive 55. I love that video growing up. And so it was a rough time. And, you know, trying to accept that and what Van Halen's come and David Lee Roth has come back. I'm going to be interested to see what happens after this and, and what sort of tribute shows in the Corona world or in the COVID world happen after it. But it was amazing. I'm more on the end of how he changed how to play the guitar. It's a whole nother way. The influence that he's had on people since he has you know, been here in the way he played the guitar and the innovation and how fast, man, he's just, just fast and flying and everything. That's where the difference is for me. Because if like, that's what Steve, I was saying, he was like, if he had never been here, oh. he probably never would have influenced Steve, right? He would have spawned all those, uh, those artists that have followed him or tried to be him. So here's another one from Paul Stanley. Uh, if you don't know, that's the lead singer of kiss. Ooh. He goes, oh, no, speechless, a trailblazer, and someone who always gave everything to his music, a good soul. I remember first seeing him playing at the Starwood in 1976, and he was Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. How about that? 1976, that was Paul Stanley. That's that's amazing. Uh, it's kind of almost speechless. You yeah, know it's I mean? rough. Ozzy Osbourne, Eddie Van Halen was one of the nicest guys I ever worked with, and we shared so many laughs together. His influence on music, and especially the guitar, has been immeasurable. He was an absolute legend. Eddie, I'll see you on the other side, my friend. Love, Ozzy. How is Ozzy still rolling around? And Eddie's not. That's crazy. Did you ever get a chance to see Van Halen live? No, and that's one that I desperately would have loved to see it's one of those bucket list things that never happened and uh deeply regret it still to this day so no i did not and i bet did you i don't I know if you said you did i or saw him once uh 88 i think it's the monsters of rock in denver mile high maybe um phenomenal uh gosh who was on that uh van halen metallica Dawkins. you ever listen to Dawkins? oh yeah in my dreams you know Dawkins lives here 
Really? Yeah, he lives here. I didn't know that. Yeah. Doc, <laughs> I did. I, I said that right away when we we're going to do this. I'm like, hey, Dawkins lives here. We could get him on. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. Get I him in just, studio. I could just fanboy out about all my breakups with, you know, in high school and in my dream songs. Then maybe we shouldn't get him here. It's like, uh, <laughs> and then who else? Um, <laughs> Kingdom Come, maybe, uh, if I remember right. Uh, but it's one of the last shows I saw before I moved down here. That and NXS in Denver. And it was. Um, it was a big arena show and pretty epic because you got Metallica, you've got Van Halen, and it's OU812. And by that time, I'd, I'd kind of accepted the new stepdad in the family and was moving on to the new version of Van Halen at that point. So Yeah, it was a sad day. Sad day for, for music and entertainment in general. You know what I can't wait for is the uh, – have you seen the Dirty on um, – uh, Netflix. That's the Motley Crue do- uh, yeah, docudrama. Yeah, I can't wait for the Van Halen version of that because I think it'd be really good. Right? Are they really doing it? Or I don't know. They have all? to at this point, right? <laughs> uh, just be, with the David Lee Roth part. Um, you know, Doctor Drew grew up with David Lee Roth and was around that whole thing, and they played at his high school. There's just it's an interconnected world there, and I think it'd be a great documentary. Yeah, I agree. All I right. Agree. Sad day. Sad day. Rest in peace. Man. Yeah, I'm Eddie. gonna. Have, it's gonna take me a little bit to get over this. I think Eddie Van Halen. Rest in peace, my friend. So we decided to make our own content because we can't find any music festivals. Um, what do you mean, make our own content? Well, so this I was is happening, buddy. I, it is happening. But maybe if they call you back. Um, I was sitting around my Why band's so negative uh, today? because they have come back three times. <laughs> we'll just show up. We'll I'm going to take this. We're going to Tracy Bird and Wickenburg right. on the October 28th, 29th. We're just going to show up. It's at the Flying E Ranch in Wickenburg, Arizona. It's Tracy Bird. No idea. Acoustic. Acoustic. Yeah. If anybody knows anything or country music, it definitely is Tracy Bird. It's, it's a super, I'm a big fan. And it'll be fun. Uh, uh, it'll just be fun to see live music. And like I was saying, I was sitting there, and my band or bands in town app popped up and said, "Hey, elephant, elephant, is playing this weekend <laughs> or next weekend do you, live. Do you want to go?" And I immediately texted you, and I'm like, "Hey, I don't know. Do you want to go see this band? I don't know what <laughs> they nobody play. Nobody knows. I don't know what type of music it is. I've never heard them, but it's live music. What do you say? And you've got, hey, I've got one better. Let's go see Tracy Bird." And at I'm least like, one of us knew that. Yeah, you right? do it. And I'm in like, I'll go, I'll go listen to it because it, it'll be live music. It's a change, right? Well, and I'll give you this. You're right. I've called three times. They say call for tickets. You can't buy them online or anything like that. I've heard it advertised a ton on the radio here with the traditional country radio. Station, Is that just because country. they're just swamped with people that want to go see live music? <laughs> Maybe it's sold out. I so think. we're going to go if we can get a hold of the tickets. We're going anyway. We're we'll just, just going gonna to pull a Luke Schaefer and show up and walk in. Well, it'll be like, hey, this is Luke and Jared from the Fest podcast. We want to interview you. And I called you four times. <laughs> and I called you four. <laughs> oh, maybe Tracy Bird should be our next interview. So if you're at the Flying E Ranch. Please call us. Call us back because we're coming. Call Luke back. I mean, we're, we're, we want to buy the tickets too. So it's not like, uh, you know, it's not like we're trying to. Uh, no, we're in. We want to go spend know, the money and hang out. Me. We're not looking for comps. We're just looking to come in and check it out. So that's at the end of the month. So <laughs> that's at the end of the month. That'll be fun. We'll keep you guys updated for that. Yeah. See if they call us back next week. <laughs> ND Country Fest 2021 is coming back stronger and better than ever with Brantley Gilbert. It's not as Dustin Lynch. Featuring Diamond Rio, Leroy Parnell, John Michael Montgomery, with more coming soon. Plan now to attend Dakota's largest and nation's fastest growing country music and camping festival, NDCountryFest.com. Sponsored by Coors Light, Action Motorsports, New Vision Security, Trans Trash, SmithWorks, and American Family Insurance, DJ Coulter Agency. All right, we are jumping into the headliner here, brought to you by Bruno's Pizza, $15.99, any large in order today at Bruno's ND. Today, we have a great headliner for you, a leader in live entertainment industry, the man of the Ralph Ingolstead Arena, Denny Sanford Premier Center, and now currently the GM of the Chesapeake Energy Arena in Oklahoma City. We have Chris Simaru with us today. Thanks for joining us, Chris. How are you? Hey, it's great to be on uh, on the podcast. Congratulations on on kicking this off. It's good to be with you. Hey, thanks for coming. Thank you. Let's jump into your. Let's jump. We have a little, a couple things in common here. Let's talk about a little bit of background. You, I'm a North Dakota guy, and it just so happens you are as well. So, you grew up uh, all that good stuff. 
Yeah, absolutely. I graduated from Minot High School back in 96 and grew up in Western North Dakota and then moved out east to Grand Forks. I went to University of North Dakota, graduated in 2000. Um, and so I've been all over the state and considered home and uh, really appreciate all the wonderful aspects North Dakota has to offer before I moved down to South Dakota uh, just a few years ago. Excellent. So Minot, North Dakota, we have one of our very own Brandon Ralph, you know, that, he's, <laughs> you a know Minot, Brandon Ralphie? he's a Minot grad yeah. as well. So we're, we're all over the place, right? We're with that connection is great. <laughs> ACMs. Let's jump in that. You had a little bit of a, you, you worked with the ACMs for a long time. You know, we have a lot of country music listeners. Um, let's, let's hear a little bit about that in your experience. I've been really fortunate over the years to touch various corners of the industry and had the opportunity to work in various capacities for the Academy of Country Music, uh, putting on you know, some pre-shows for them, days leading up to the festival, some post-events. Um, it, it was fantastic. It was great to see um, how a, an award show comes together. That's very, very different uh, than the sports and entertainment that, that I grew up uh, you know, working. So uh, it was awesome. It was a part of the 50th annual event at Texas Stadium. And um, it was a very, very valuable experience because you got to see lots of the folks on the road that you dealt with when they came to your venue. So um, to strengthen those relationships and hopefully leverage those to bring in more content to your facility. So even to this day, it's fun to host a tour and somebody will be on the tour and say, hey, remember that, that concert on Fremont Street in Vegas seven years ago? And you can share a story that's outside of the normal just arena world. So super valuable experience. I'm very thankful for it. So what's your favorite memory or moment from doing that or working with the ACMs? You know, I think it was just the, the challenges we overcame with, you know, them picking out a parking lot off the strip and saying, you know, put on a festival or go downtown, you know, to Fremont street and, and put on the biggest record breaking attendance show they've ever had. And a lot of you know, nuances and challenges that come into a space that you had never even been to before and trying to execute a safe and successful event. So once it was done and it worked, it was very gratifying and really built up the energy leading to the award show each April. Nice. That's great. Yep. Now, the beginning of your career, towards the beginning, you had a lot to do with the beautiful, beautiful arena up in Grand Forks, the Ralph Ingolstead Arena, where a uh, majority of our listeners know that that's big for the UND hockey team and NCAA and all that great stuff. And, and uh, you had a major impact or major involvement in that take us through that i mean that that had to be crazy well the journey at the ralph like many great journeys started on spring break in las vegas and i had a chance to <laughs> nice wait you said spring break in las vegas yeah not all bad things happen on spring break no, right there's no. a lot of good things that come out of spring break I'd care to all, business, the... all business all business <laughs> right. so i had a chance to meet mr Inglestead on, on that spring break trip right after he announced his gift to the University of North Dakota to build the facility. And I had a chance to, to tell him, I, I just want to be a part of it. And he said, we're not there yet, but, but someday when, when, you know, we'll stay in touch. And we did and had the opportunity to come on as one of the original four employees and didn't know what I didn't know at all. And, but we had a, we had a great team of people that worked very hard and, and we, we laid out the plans and built this facility that I think to this day is still one of the nicest you know, venues in the world. And it's, you know, 19 years old, I think it still feels new when you walk through it. So that's a testament to the staff they have who take such pride in what they do there. And really it's, it's a hallmark venue, not only in hockey, but in, in sports all over the world. So super blessed to stay in my own backyard to start off in the sports entertainment industry and not have to move to a major market to do so. Did it right, right in Grand Forks, North Dakota. So did you meet him at the craps table or how'd that work out? <laughs> no, <I'm, laughs> He had, a, he had a special, uh, the Mai Tai bar in the back of the Imperial Palace you'd go to at night. And we met there and it's a, still a special place. And we think about him often. And um, I was super blessed to, um, to start off my career working for somebody of that stature who I learned so much from. So it's interesting. I called it the REA. You called it the Ralph Ingolstead Arena. And mm -hmm. you called it the Ralph. So mm -hmm. which is it? I think, I think it's all interchangeable, right? I think uh, a lot of the locals call it the Ralph and Ingolstead Arena is probably uh, the most common, but I think they're all, all appropriate. Nice. 
That's, it was a bat. We were go. sitting there. I'm tapping there, and Luke's like, "No, it's the Ralph Engelstad Arena." And I'm like, "Okay, like, <laughs> you seem very uh, set in your ways about that." So after the Ralph, we'll call it. After the Ralph, your journey took you down to the Denny Sanford Premier Center down in Sioux Falls. I mean, that's um, that was a great move. And all of a sudden, you're you're managing that whole and also the uh, convention center, I believe, as well. Is that right? Yeah, there's a there's an older 60 year old arena convention center and then we built this new facility right. and so i arrived about eight months before it opened oh, wow. and was was very excited because i was actually born in sioux falls and lived in, in in the east and west side of south dakota so it was kind of a full circle to come back there and i just wanted to you know, leave my fingerprints on on opening that facility but i'll never forget the first trip i took the first month i was there uh, i went to rodeo drive and sat in the agent's office in beverly hills and i said I just moved to Sioux Falls, and we're going to build a brand new arena there. And he looked at me and said, <laughs> why? That's <laughs> <laughs> fair. He's like, you sure about that? <laughs> he said, we're not coming, though. We're not coming to South Dakota. Like, why are you wasting your time? I said, no, it's going to be great. It's a great community and great part of the country and beautiful facilities. I'm sure it is. But was was never a supporter at the beginning. Um, but that facility opened up and, and had a real remarkable um, start because there was that pent up demand and people wanted quality entertainment in that part of the country. And it quickly became one of the hottest Midwest venues. And I remember about 18 months later, going back into that same office in Beverly Hills. And I think to this day that that person is one of the biggest champions advocates for the Denny Sanford premier center, because he's seen the success um, that's, that's tangible and, and you can't argue with that. And they have great experiences when they come there and it sells tickets, which is the bottom line. So worked there for four and a half years, an amazing crew there, and they still do a great job today. It's funny because uh, in talking about Indie Country Fest or some of those issues. Sound familiar? It really sounds familiar. <laughs> I grew up in Cody, Wyoming, which, you know, I my first concert was in Casper, and we go to Billings for everything that we do. Uh, Luke was talking sure. about Bismarck uh, and that there was nothing around. That was one of the reasons why you started Indie Country Fest is That's to right. provide that sort yeah. of entertainment. Yeah. And it's kind of like if you build it, they will come. We'll fill the dreams there, and artists will come, people will come, and then it turns into from a one day to a three day event and the hospitality uh-huh. that the Dakotas bring just in general with the culture and the people there is just, I believe, you know, I'm a champion for that, but it's as a, a second to one. Yeah. And second to none, you know, to, to, to build on that comment though, if you build it and they'll come, I, I think growing up in North Dakota, I think you learn more to create your own opportunities. Right. And, and North, North Dakota isn't the entertainment super highway. Right. And so <laughs> to, people aren't looking to tour maybe there, or they're not looking to, hire somebody from there. And so I think we've learned to to shape the bushes and be proactive and create our own opportunities like you guys are doing that. You're taking risk and you're building something that's going to be very, very successful for many years to come. And you're doing it the right way. And that's going to pay off. But again, it's not somebody bringing that in and dropping it down and having you work on it. You are creating it and you right. are building it. And I think that's, uh, that's remarkable. It's kind of interesting because he talked about, you know, a parking lot on Fremont Street. And it's kind of like the empty feel where you're like, <laughs> all right, I'm going to put a, 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 a. Where are you going to put a thousand cars? Yeah. Uh, we got to go talk to the guy that owns that field over there. Where's the stage going to be? <laughs> you know, all of that. And it's kind of that same vision. You two have a lot in common. Absolutely. Absolutely. Then it takes you down to where you're at right now. Currently the GM of Chesapeake Energy Arena. Wow. Amazing, right? Amazing, amazing facility, amazing location in Oklahoma City. You know, you've done a lot there, a lot, and accomplished a lot in our view, right? One of the things that we're looking at. I mean, it it's amazing. We looked at some of the, when we did our background research, I noticed that, you know, it's one of the uh, top 50 U.S. venues. You know, after you went there, two of the top acts in the, in the what? Top 50 tours were showing up now 11 and then ticket sales was the big thing that I noticed. You went from like 103 K from when you got there to like doubling to 225 K in tickets. Is that just you leveraging those relationships that you had built up through the ACMs and those sorts of things? Or what did you do to make it better? Well, great, great question. And we've been here two years now and, and um, the, the, the laser focus goal was increasing the quantity and quality of tours in Oklahoma City. Right. Uh, and the first thing I did is I went out and 
and brought you know brought onto our team one of the best booking guys in the in the country is Michael Owens, and we started at the same time. And I and I hope by the by the two of us attacking it, uh, it will give us a fighting chance at Oklahoma City to turn it around. But it's like turning the the direction of ocean liner. It's, right. it's a click at a time. It's it's not overnight. But we're so thankful. Um, the, the difference in the last two years with building a savvy marketing team and, and create a whole new proactive approach to booking and not just waiting for the phone to ring. Uh, I think the results have started to come in and, and 2020 was going to be potentially the, the best year we ever, <laughs> ever had in almost 20 years. And just in April alone, we had Pearl Jam and Foo Fighters and Michael Buble and several others. And we are so excited for, for this year, which has taken two years to build toward and uh, obviously, all that's been then um, put on pause. But but it's been a great experience to be here and, and work with the professional sports angle with the NBA is at a whole different dynamic. Um, and it's been, but it's been fantastic, and I learn every single day and work with some great you know just professional uh, folks on the sports and entertainment side. And we're very thankful to be here. So, how has entertainment changed from when you started? You know, back in '96, spring break. Let's say up until March, because. We'll go into post. We'll get into that later. Later, because that's a whole other <laughs> world. But how did it change from you know '96 until '19 or 2019? Yeah. Well, in the venue side, I think there's more and more great venues every year. Yeah. But there's not necessarily more touring acts every year. So for supply and demand, it gets more competitive all the time, which drives you know prices up to book right. talent and competition is fierce, especially down in this market where you're in between Kansas City and Dallas and Denver, and there's great markets yeah. in between. So every, every show is a street fight. And so, um, but, but I think that's where, again, growing up in North Dakota has helped because we had to go get all of those shows back in the day. So we were proactive. We were fighting for them and South Dakota as well. So applying that same approach here, opposed to just answering the phone, right. I think has really paid off and building a great team. But I tell you what, the industry is, is changing all the time from – from ticketing to security, every single year it evolves and it's getting more challenging and it's, it's tough to make deals. The, the deals that, we, that we're cutting are tighter and tighter every year. The only thing tighter than the deals we cut are the, some of the V-neck shirts that Luke wears on these podcasts. <laughs> yeah, you like he wore a shirt. Do you wow. like this one today? I thought you would appreciate this. You know, little Dolly Parton. She's an angel and a, and oh. a treasure. <laughs> yes, right? One of my very favorite. So when Luke and I were sitting down, um, we're kind of figuring out who we wanted to have as a guest and we were pitching guests back and forth and he was pitching you. He was talking about the venues and working in the industry and how that's affected. And then he's like, yeah, he's um, the general manager for the Chesapeake arena. I think that's Oklahoma city. Maybe the thunder is no, what you said. I knew it was, a, don't, it was a thunder. Don't be, don't be playing. So that we're out. sitting there, I'm driving and I'm like, Oh wow. That's a great interview. Cause you're literally, ground zero for you know i don't want to call it the end of the sports world but a frozen out sports world frozen pause frozen pause in time because literally rudy gobert gets tested positive the game's what uh, you know you're seating fans at that point how do you go from seating fans getting people out and then you know the change you're like there in time it's a crazy it's um, wild wild right? position to be in but not only that it was the whole entertainment industry right yeah, the, the brief snapshot that night is it, it's it's amazing how fast things changed. And it was, I think, 6.40, and I was on the concourse before the game, and I got a call that said, the governor wants to take a very important phone call. Can you let him into the conference room? So I <laughs> ran down and let the governor into the conference room, and um, he said, I've got a call come in. I said, no problem. You can take it right here. His phone rang. I said, I'll leave you alone. He said, no, nope, you should stay for this. Oh. And he put on speakerphone, and it was one of the head – health officials for the state that I told the governor, you now have COVID-19 in Oklahoma city. And I think he said, no, no, we don't. We have a no positive test yet. And he said, no, no, you do now. So a member of the Utah jazz tested positive oh, a short time ago. He said, are, are they in town to put the thunder today? And he said, yeah, we're at the arena right now. If the game is in 20 minutes, like we're going to do an you know, uh, announcing the players shortly. And so immediately we you know, engaged some of the Thunder leadership and, and got the owner up, up to the conference room where we explained to him what was going on. Um, and he called Adam Silver, the, the commissioner of the NBA, and let him know that we have a problem in Oklahoma City. And the quick determination was made to, to stop and get the players off the court. They were getting ready to do tip-off. Right. Yeah. And so the, the team doctor ran on the court, stopped it, got the players off the court. We all headed down to the locker room area. 
and had a fast you know, deliberation and a crisis management of what do we do? And we need to egress and evacuate the building safely and slowly. And this is right when everything was kind of breaking nationally. So nobody really knew and it was new yeah, um, yeah. in the area and no one knew anybody that had contracted it. And so you didn't know how severe it was or wasn't. Um, but we, we, we announced that the, the game was being postponed and folks had to leave the facility and our staff did a great job getting them out. But our staff didn't know what was going on either. And so really from that point on, the domino started to tip and we had share ah. scheduled the next night in our facility and she was in town and they were getting ready to load in that night. And so we had to uh, be nimble and flex that. And um, once the NBA suspended play the next day, uh, it was really the darkest day in sports where yeah. every league stopped, yeah. the, the March crazy. Madness canceled and every single tour then uh, stopped, postponed you know, or canceled all within that 24 hours. And the domino really tipped at, at Chesapeake Arena in Oklahoma City. I just remember. Oh, that's when it really hit me. Well, it, when it was like, whoa, this is this is for real. Like, like I didn't think I knew it was for real and all that. But when all of a sudden, like you said, it was the darkest day. All of a sudden, everything for me, it felt like everything just stopped. Do you remember just that stopped. first text message or that first notification on my phone where, uh, you know, tested positive, And then I was like, oh, here we go. And it was boom. You know, they're. Yeah tested positive the game's delayed they're moving people out of the arena and then boom everything shuts down right after that yeah I was, we were looking at uh asu going to the uh march madness and That's it's like right. how are they going to get that to go you know we're going to get ready we're going to plan we're going to maybe go and then boom that shut down and then you know like you said yeah chair in town you had to flex that out I, I was reading that they had to go in and just shut the hotel the Jazz were staying at and clean that down, and then Bublé's out. My wife would have been super sad. <laughs> she loves that dude. Who doesn't? And then Pearl Jam out, and then what do you do? Like for for this period of time now, are you scheduling people? Are you flexing out till next year, like everybody else had to do? Um, how does that affect your job? Yeah, it's been a real hard seven months. It's been you know we're, we're still closed. As a facility, we have no events, don't anticipate any in 2020. Um, it's been hard. It's hard with making decisions on furloughs and layoffs and trying to take care of your staff and look out for them and keep that company culture while managing managing budget crisis because you are generating zero dollars of revenue. Right. You have expenses yeah. and that's not sustainable over time, of course. Right. And so every single day is full of industry calls or committees or you know, how do we return to events safely? Right. and hosting mm -hmm. appropriately mm -hmm. and we're booking out you know a year or two years in advance because everything's being pushed back <laughs> and so there's so many moving parts and it uh it's been a tough time and unfortunately it's not it's not over yet and, and this right. is going to continue on for a little while the only real key out of this is, is getting a vaccine that is that is adapted and adopted across the country by enough folks so we can safely return to indoor events which will be the last thing to return to normal right roughly i know that you know that you don't have the exact answer for this but for 2021 when do you see that happening and what capacity you know from outdoor i know you do many things so even from outdoor events to indoor events um is that are they going to run at 50 percent capacity what do you see or what do you anticipate like like you said you're on calls every single day uh, about this subject the business model doesn't work well for majority of the tours to to play to anything other than a full capacity house. Right. Yeah, we were talking about staggered seating. We were talking about that today because uh, what Nathaniel Ratliff had a five day show at Red Rocks, and I think it's fifteen thousand dollars to rent the arena each day, and it's one hundred and seventy five fans that are allowed in. How do you make money on that? But what else do you see for twenty twenty one on the capacity issues? I know that that it doesn't make sense for two or for one hundred percent, but but go ahead, you know, expand on that. I think it'll be limited capacity, if any capacity, until springtime in most places, uh, especially the major markets on the coast are challenged. Really, I think tours will resume next summer for in indoor play. I think there'll be some stuff in the spring, um, but really it's trying to salvage next summer right. at this point as an industry, I believe. And that's not being doom and gloom. I think that's just the reality of right. how far things are pushing out. Most of our conversations are the second half of 21 and beyond right now, opposed to the springtime. And being indoors is very different than being outdoors. Um, and, and so I think, you know, if it takes six months to lead up to a tour, if somebody wants to go out in March, they need to decide today right. to right. use all the equipment, to rehearse, to plan, to book, to schedule, mm -hmm. to, be, to go in, in March. But if they're not sure that they can play to the, the capacity to, 
deciding today doesn't work and so they're going to wait until they're sure. Well, if you don't have a vaccine out until the first quarter 21 and they decide to go at that point, now you're late summer at the earliest for that major tour to get on the road. And then what happens when you have a log jam of content and then will consumer confidence be there to come back to venues? Will people financially be able to afford them? There's so many questions and dominoes that we just don't know the answer to. What I do know is that entertainment always wins. And people will always find a way to support it and they need it and they want to come out for it. You know, we're in the business of making memories and that will never go away. It'll never be out of fashion or, or be retired. It's going to happen, whether it's February or next September, it's going to return and it's going to be great. And I hope people really appreciate it much more then than they did before, as I will. Um, going in the future. And I believe they will too. You know, just a, just a weird little example, weird little example. My son and I tried to go, tried to go to a high school football game the last weekend, right? In, in Arizona here, Spoiler limited, limited capacity, right? But we were so, we couldn't go in cause they're sold out. We couldn't get tickets. That's later on the show. I'll tell you, but um, we were so wanting to go. And even just that urge, there's so much pent up need for just to be together and, and make that memory. And I want to make that memory with my son and all that kind of stuff and it was just didn't we're just talking a simple high school football game it's tailgating (laughs) college football or the sun devils uh, going to a show everything like uh we were uh my band's in town app popped up and said somebody was playing next weekend or this weekend and i'm like hey i don't even know who this band is elephantante but i want to go you want to go with me and see (laughs) just for content yeah and so we decide we're going to go see Tracy Bird. I tried to see Tracy Bird in a couple weeks just mm-hmm. because it's something to do. It's to get out. Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. the day that the, you know, my wife and I went to see Tenet the day uh, we could at the movie theater because it had been, you know, four or five months It made my head hurt, but it felt good to be back <laughs> at the, um, back in the movie theater. Right. Yeah. One last question for you, my friend, Chris, and here, here's what we all want to know. No. Oh, so what is your favorite concert of all time? All time. Favorite live show, best, I suppose. The, the best show I've ever seen was uh, 2004 XL Energy Center Night 3 of 3 to see Prince. <laughs> Told you. So that's the one show I've never seen. I wish I would have. I think the last time he toured here, it was like two, three, four hundred bucks a ticket. Jared's a massive Prince fan, which earlier episodes that really came out. Yeah. What I, made it so special? It just showed um, that he had a, a command of what an entertainer is. And I wish other artists could take a master class from him because he was so good and so engaging. And he had, you know, I judge shows by the the connection between the artist and the audience and, and it couldn't have been you know more passionate that night and obviously there are many others like garth brooks and foo fighters and there's, there's just so many that are that are so good like him but that was just one that stood out for the ages because it was in his home market and the, oh, the yeah. energy was raised to that. a whole different level and it was the last time unfortunately i had a chance to see him and i just don't know if people realize how good he was uh he was special that's one of those shows I should have gone. And, you know, every once in a while, I think the last one, I think Slash was in town playing at like a down at the Van Buren where it's 3000 people. Uh-huh. And I was like, I really should go to that show. I haven't seen Slash, uh, GNR. You probably need a bucket list and just check that off and be like, I'm oh, not, yeah. I'm not that big a fan of it, but he's a dude and he's a name. It's and one of those you need to see. Yeah. So. Well, thank you so much, Chris. Thanks for being gracious yeah, with you your great. time. We appreciate you here at the Fest Podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks, and good luck with, with everything that you're doing in the future here. And thank you for being a friend of ours. We will talk to you later, my friend. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, guys. Hey, we're going to mow into <laughs> Ralphie's top three right now. This is where we go ahead and get a hold of Ralphie. We give him the top three, and then he tells us, you know, I guess what his top three is. Ralph, you've been on a quite a journey uh, this, um, I guess, this week or this yeah. month, or I think it was last week. Took a little road trip. You've been on the road. Give us your top three stops from North Dakota to Texas. You can say that I was on the road for a little bit. <laughs> it was an eight, 18 hour drive, and we drove it straight through. So what? <laughs> it was. 
me, my wife, a uh, four-year-old, two-year-old, and an eight-month-old. What? Oof. I would have killed somebody. <laughs> Probably would have just opened so, the door and jumped out. So can I do a top 15? Sure. <laughs> top, whatever you want. This is your We spot. got time. <laughs> this is your this is your segment. All right, number 15. <laughs> yeah, 15. <laughs> let, me, let me write this uh, down. <laughs> all right, let's we do it. We don't want to get too... We don't want to get too crazy. Here's here's uh, my third one. All right. Uh, we're on our way to Fargo. Stopping at my mom's house, you know, say hi. Yvonne. Uh, yeah. Yvonne. She was on our live and, last um, week. <laughs> she was. This is great. So about 15 minutes away from Fargo, I look in the back. My two-year-old's just covered with brownie from... Top of her head down to her feet. Are you sure it's brownie? It's well, at first I did not know. <laughs> oh, that's why I don't have Good kids. Call. It, it was not. We didn't give out the brownies, so oh. our, our four year old broke in and uh, oh, you gotta keep yeah. your eye on that one. So need to put sneaky. latches on the doors and sensors on the windows, man. <laughs> For how bad that situation was. We got to my mom's house. We told her ahead of time, hey, we got a situation here. We need a wet towel and a dry towel. It was like a NASCAR. My mom came out, grabbed the kid, threw her in the bathtub. We cleaned the car. It was like no brownie incidents ever happened. <laughs> so how? So you were we thought it was going to be extremely long trips, how it started. So you were only what? How far away from Bismarck is Fargo? Not far. About two and a half. So you're two and a half hours into your 18-hour trip, and already the kids made a mess, huh? It was not good. <laughs> not good. <laughs> well, you handled it like a champ. Yeah. All right, number two. Yep. <laughs> with an assist from Yvonne. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> what do you got, too? Uh, so we get past that. We're we're on the road about three o'clock in the morning. We're driving through Manhattan, Kansas, and that's a little memory lane uh, from the track and field days. Uh, earned my first All American uh, honor. Humble brag there. So, it, track and field indoor championships freshman year. Dang, what was that uh, in? Sixth place was that in the shot or the? Yeah, it had the to be indoor. Put. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How do you remember how far you threw? Uh, I think it was like fifty-one feet. Oh, like fifty-one. <laughs> it, was, it was probably sixty-eight, forty-nine. No, it was <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> it, it was probably. Did legit, you stop like, there? Did you go by the track realistic. and field complex? <laughs> I wanted to. It was three in the morning, and I could barely stay awake. So, so uh, who's driving at this point? He was. I was. Yeah. So. I was trying to make it all the way through, trying to be a tough guy. It didn't work. <laughs> so no My hotel. Wife ended up finishing it off. Wow. She took it home. Yeah. All right, let's hear it. Here's your number one top stops on your mm, travels from North Dakota all the way to Texas, baby. 18 hours, drove all night, had four women in the car. <laughs> My number one is the destination. I had to get out of that <laughs> minivan. You're like, thank God. Uh, it stunk like brownie. <laughs> brownies, garbage everywhere, Whopper wrappers. Oh. Whoppers? Whopper Juniors Whopper or, Jr. The real or did you Whopper? go the real one? You upgraded on the way? Yeah. Whataburger. Oh, oh that was probably Nebraska, maybe? Texas. No, uh, Texas. Texas. So the Whataburger is like Texas. way better than the Whopper, right? Uh, uh, look, good. there's a little bit of wobble there. What? The honest <laughs> opinion. Do you think it's, it's a tie? You think it's a tie? Whopper, there's just it's lifelong there. It's uh, like, <laughs> he can't get away. It's like the mistress versus yeah. the wife. It's an addiction. Have you had the spicy ketchup? <laughs> I have not. Next time you're there, ask for the spicy ketchup, dude. <laughs> wait, wait. At Burger King? No, Whataburger. Oh, Whataburger. Oh, you yeah. love Whataburger. I do love me some Whataburger, man. Well, on the way, well, there's probably Whataburger close to wherever you're at in Texas. Oh, there is. That's where it comes out of. Texas, baby. Like so it. here's the problem, though. 
when do you drive back? Oh, geez. Have you even thought about that? Do you want to think about yeah. that? I'm sorry. Thursday. Oh, are you are you going to split it up in a couple of days? Or are you still going to go 18 straight? We haven't decided yet. That's going to be a game time decision. That'd be like a three day trip for me. Maybe four. I'd just be like, <laughs> all right, I'm done. That would be coffee, Red Bull, coffee, Red Bull, coffee, Red Bull, yeah, coffee, cinnamon roll, a, coffee, Red Bull. <laughs> Holiday and Express. There was a lot of Red Bull. <laughs> your kidneys are complaining. Well, thank you, Ralphie. It's always a pleasure to get you on for the Ralphie's top three. This was a good one. I enjoyed it. It, it was, was great. Good. Wait till you see the video. The lights went crazy. So when everybody's jumping on that YouTube, it's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. You didn't see it? Jared was mesmerized. I was focused in on you and Ralphie. Ooh, they're going crazy right All now. All right. Hey, hey, we won't see you or talk to you. Safe travels, my friend. Back Ralphie, to are you, we going to get a roadside yep. Whataburger on your uh, final bite? Hey, you never know. All right. Let's get some photos. We got to figure that out. Too. That'll be good. Yep. Talk All right. to you guys later. Thanks a lot. Rah, rah, rah. Bye. <laughs> All right. So, Jared, what? what's one of your favorite stops when you were driving along Country Road? <laughs> country Road. <laughs> uh, you know, the Take first thing home. that came to mind is a place called Vern's. I don't even know if it's still there. It's uh, just outside Fort Collins. Um, so when I was a young lad, I was very much a problem child for my good Mormon parents. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I would mm -hmm. road trip with my friends from mm -hmm. Laramie to Fort mm -hmm. Collins to get three, two beer. And mm -hmm. every trip started and ended at Vern's three, two beer. Yeah. Uh, three, two. Do you know what three, two beers? Uh, yeah. It's the alcohol level. Yeah. It's, it's like a reduced. So back in right. the day when the drinking age was, well, Wyoming was the last <laughs> from Wyoming is the wild, wild west, Jared. Um, it's the last one where kids can still drink in the saloons. Right. Before Collins, the drinking age was 21 for all booze and everything. Yeah. But you could get 3-2 beer at 18. Okay. So we would go over to the border. We'd stop at Vern's. Okay. We'd get these amazing cinnamon rolls. We'd buy scratcher tickets because we always won there. And then we'd go get our beer and, and hang out. And then we would stop on the way back and buy more scratcher tickets and head back to Laramie and uh, probably use our winnings to buy the beer and buy fireworks at just over the border. So Whoa. Ferns is kind of a special place in my heart. I <laughs> What's your favorite roadside? Cinnamon stuff? rolls. Oh, they're so good. <laughs> if, any, if we have any listeners in Colorado in Fort Collins, uh, let me know if Vern's is still around. <laughs> is Vern's still send around? Me a, send me a cinnamon roll. So I'm going to jump on that Colorado bandwagon. So oh. I was driving from here to Denver. I have some buddies in Pueblo. Pueblo. Pueblo, Colorado. All right. Right on the border on New Mexico and Colorado. You know what I mean? It's on the Colorado side, though. Colorado the, side of New Mexico? or No, we got to listen, Jerry. Come I on, man. I, I moved fast today. I moved saying. fast today. Yeah. <laughs> it's on the Colorado side. Okay. In Colorado. Pueblo. Rolling into Colorado, my buddies are like, "Hey, if you when you're on your way up, stop in Pueblo, right? Go ahead and hit this place up. This is called Passkey, best sandwiches you ever have in your life." I'm like, "That does not sound good, right?" And it doesn't sound like a great sandwich. And they're like, "No, do it, and then bring some up for me if if that's cool." Went to Passkey, rolled in there. Pueblo's not a huge place, you know, right? And uh, found it right away. Everybody, I just asked. I was like, hey, where's Paskey? They're like, oh, it's right over there. You know, I'm like, sweet. You're getting the sandwiches? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to stop and eat mine first and then keep going. Amazing. What'd Amazing. Best sandwiches. It was like, they're, they're, it wasn't like a Philly cheesesteak. It was like a Philly. It wasn't Philly. It was like a steak something or other. And it was just smothered with all kinds of goodness of onions and steak. And they have like their secret sauce type stuff on there too. And they did something with the bread. The bread was amazing. And I was like, mm, I agree. That was a good You're place. Like, good stop. Thanks for the info. Oh, yeah. So if you're ever rolling by Pueblo, Colorado, drop, drop into Paskey and have yourself a sandwich. All right. <laughs> so we're going to roll into stage left now. Um Jared, what did you uh, what did you do this weekend? I'm trying to find content, and it's hard. It was my wife's birthday, uh, her birthday weekend, so we didn't do a whole lot because she pretty much set the tone. We were going to go out and uh, you Nothing, know, huh? get some dinner, and she's like, "Can we just DoorDash in Cheesecake Factory?" So that's what we did. That's amazing. Yeah, it was solid. You know, Solid. Let's. We might go see Hocus Pocus because that's the only thing at the movie theater. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow, but 
that was it. We just hung out. <laughs> I'll try to come up with something better next weekend, but it it is so hard right now. Like there's just you know, make it happen, Jared. Make it happen. Uh, it's hard. Or we can come back and just say, you're in. I did you get a haircut. I got a haircut. Look good. True. True. Yeah. Got Thanks, got Kristen. Done. All right, what'd you do? <clears throat> so my my little guy and I, uh, we went to uh, high school football games. <laughs> games. Yeah, that was cool. Games. You went to one by my house, and I was thinking of you as I was driving back because the lights were on. It looked like they were letting people in the stands. So It was not cool because it was one of those where I was like, oh, it's a capacity thing. It's fine. You know, it. they never sell out, right? right. You know, we've been to them for years now. And we go, okay, well, if it's a certain capacity, we should be fine. We got there early. We rolled into the parking lot and said, hey, they stopped us. Obviously, I'm like, oh, I'll pay for parking. That's cool. Uh, nope. And they go, hey, where's your ticket? I'm like, oh, I'm going to get it at the gate. And he's like, nope, you're not. If you don't have a ticket, you can't come in. I'm like, wait, what's the deal? How do you get a ticket? So it was tickets for friends and family of the players and cheerleaders and band and all that kind of stuff. They didn't necessarily say, and I didn't get into it. I'm like, hey, I got it. That's, that's fine. I go, how do I get out of here? And he's like, you can go through the parking lot and then come back out. Well, you weren't going to leave. No, not that easy. You don't take no for an answer. <laughs> so we roll down our windows, drive through the parking lot. People are walking into the game. What are we doing? Hey, you guys got some extra tickets so we can get in. Hey, you guys got some extra tickets. So You're trying to scalp high school football tickets? Hey, I was like, we wanted to go in and play. Mind you, our main goal when we go to these is at the end of the game to go play under the lights because every, everybody scatters and everything closed down. The lights still stay on for at least 15, 20 minutes. Well, we jump out there, play catch, have fun, and it's a blast. To be fair, it is a high school football game, but it was Liberty which is the state champions last year and the um, Chandler high or Chandler, which it, they put out a lot of NFL players and college level players. So it was a game. It wasn't just, well, it was a game, but yet there still wasn't that many people there. So we're driving through and all up and down the parking lot, still trying to find tickets. And there's some people like, no, we don't have any. We only got one. I only got one, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh man. Okay. Well, you know, and the parking lot was elevated. So I could actually, we could see down into the kind of into the football field. So I'm like, well, shoot, we're in the parking lot. Right. I'm going to pull up. And I'm like, we'll back in, you can sit on the roof and then I'll just sit on the tailgate and then we'll, you can see, it'll be fine. We're in the parking lot where right. nobody was there, right? Right. Nobody's in the parking lot. Who are you harming at that point? Well, I just like, that's fine, you know? And literally as we pulled in, there's a guy with a golf cart and said, hey, we're kicking everybody out of here. You can't stay in the parking lot. What? Why? They didn't want it congregating and people and, and uh, having a lot of people together. No tailgating. No tailgating. Yeah, there you go. No tailgating. So they moved, removed everybody from the fences, which is fine. I get it. I get it, the whole thing and all that kind of stuff so i was like hey that's fine sorry i don't want to be a menace we just really 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 wanted to see a football game because we hadn't seen one and be there we need to find you somebody who has a kid oh don't worry i got that already you already handled. did yeah so we don't go down easy so it was like you know what no we drove out of there we drove out of that game and then uh he was watching it on the stream while we're going to the next game because i knew there's another game that was close uh to where we live so we headed to that to that football game we roll in there's not many people there not right? quite as prominent a game <laughs> oh definitely not no, no no like that that uh liberty and chandler game was probably the top game of the oh, yeah. week you know and it was great i mean there were some dudes out there with it from the two plays we saw <laughs> but we roll over to the other game i'm like we can probably get into this one i got a question sure it's so it's the state champions for arizona it's chandler were they letting scouts in like, well, I don't. I, I didn't even get to the gate, Jared. I I, I'm just curious. What do, you, I, what do you think? Do you think they? Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, because I'm mean, assuming the co they would contact the coaches. Hey, we're coming to watch. They give blah, them a blah, ticket. Blah. Okay. Yeah. Go, so like, if it was ASU Herms guys or whatever, whoever U of A's guys. I'm just curious about all of that right now. So, all right, we go to the second lesser. I would definitely say they have passes with the coaches and yeah. say, yeah, hey, I want to come in Bring and watch X Y Z guy and. Uh, can I say and like stand? you said, it wasn't capacity in there. No, and, and it didn't look like it when I drove by. And so. those guys, odds are, are probably standing on the sidelines, not in the stands. So. That's why you need a coach's pass. I know, or a scout. No, we're getting a media pass. Oh, <laughs> you think we're media? How is this not media? We just need to drag the boys from Light Jumper is, around. You watch if you look at the last three interviews we had. It's media all day uh, long, you know, my it friend. Is. We it's got some big time, big media. time media. Don't play that self. 
Build yourself up, Jared. Let's go. That our our interview today was huge, so. massive. So right, go on. we're rolling over the other football game. We go in there. It, we park, and there's not many people there, right? And uh, it's the middle of the second quarter, and um, you know, obviously, you know, I'm like, hey, uh, didn't look like anything was going on. You know, there's nobody outside the gates, so I'm like, well. Shoot, there must be just walk in like some, you own the place. Oh uh, well, yeah, or a little bit of leeway, right? Because it's like there wasn't tons of people there, right? right. So I'm like, okay, they probably say, yeah, you can buy a ticket because they didn't give them all out. I don't know. I'm right. like, well, we're gonna try, <laughs> and uh, we go to the gate. And they're like, hey, you need? Do you have a ticket? I'm like, no, I can buy one here, right? <laughs> and they're like, no, you can't. And I'm like, oh really? They couldn't let a dad and his six year old kid. <laughs> they would the not. That's crazy. <laughs> they would not. So. It ends up being for the first three quarters of the game, we're outside of the fence. The only two dudes outside of the whole fence, they said, you can watch outside of the fence. We can't let you in. We're the only two guys outside of the fence. We're going back and forth outside the fence to watch the game so we could see it on end zone to end zone. We had a blast. We're playing catch and stuff like that. Third quarter rolls around. We're at one end. Oh, no. Let me tell you the concession story. Let's tell me the concession, so the concession story. It's half, and that was halftime. We've been running around thirsty. We don't have anything. So you're outside. We're outside of the fence. You can you, still see so in. So you kind of look over and wish you were there. Oh, yeah. Well, some of us elevate. We knew the elevated spots. where. Right. We so you're trying that. to flag down a hot dog? So we're down to the concession stand, and there's still a fence, right? And we're outside the fence, and I'm trying to wave somebody down. So like, hey, I have money, right? So I was like, hey, just. Hey, excuse me. Hey, excuse me. Uh, can you just buy a water? Me, I got money. Can you get me lemonade, a water? Lemonade, lemonade. <laughs> yeah, they won't let me in. No, they didn't have hawkers. This is like the little concession stand. Well, that's the problem they had. Oh, and I was like, no. Their people were like ignoring us, like we we're the plague. I was like, hey, we you're just the, didn't have a ticket to get in. You're the homeless guy outside begging for water. <laughs> totally. I'm like, man, Van. Just remember how this feels, because right. like he's like they weren't even talking to us or looking at us. Finally, a, a, a nice guy comes by and says. Hey, what what's going on? And I'm like, hey, they won't let us in. Can you, we're just thirsty? Can you buy us a you know a cup of waters? You know, here's my five bucks. Right. He's like, oh yeah, don't worry about it. And then we're like, wait, what if he runs out of our money? We can't jump this fourteen foot. It's fence. five bucks. Like. I know, but it was like the principle, right? right? You're just easy to do it. <laughs> well, they wouldn't let us in, so you're like, what are they going to do? You, you know what you're like? You're like the sixteen year old kid hanging outside Circle K, waiting for somebody to buy some booze from. <laughs> no, I'm not. We're just trying to get water. Just water. <laughs> So finally, the guy gets the water. He comes back and says, hey, here's your waters. You know, here's your change. And he gave me my five bucks back. Super nice guy. Didn't get your name. Thank you so much. That was the best thing. You're the only person that actually looked at us. <laughs> so thank you so much. But third quarter rolls around. We see all the people that were stopping us at the gate walk by us in the in front of us, right? And we're like, wait, you're so, not supposed to be over here with us. <laughs> you know, they were going home. So you got in. Yeah. So I'm like. Well, they opened up the gates and, and by mind you in a high school football game Nobody's there. at halftime, right? Usually all the band parents leave because they already performed the cheer team parents already leave because they already performed all that kind of, so it clears. Right. So at that time at halftime, there's, there was half of the half that were half that was already there and they, we still wouldn't get in, but third quarter gates open. We went in, watched the game, game was over. And then we kind of went on to the. Went on the track, waited for the teams to clear, and then uh, the teams cleared. And there were, nobody was out there except the lights were still on. And I'm like, should we do this? He's like, let's do this. So then we went and played for 15 minutes under the lights on the grass oh. field. Everybody was super cool, and uh, we got what we came for. It was great. It was a great, memorable moment, and uh, it's fun. It was fun. So that was my high school so football we're, game. We're trying story. to work our way up to Sun Devil Stadium is what we're doing. Oh, we're going to get there. We're going to get there under the lights. All right. <laughs> Try to work some connections that we got out there. <laughs> so we're almost out of here. We're almost out of here, Jared. You going to get me pulled over again? How about you didn't get you pulled over? I was driving. You got pulled over. So we're leaving last week. We're wanting to get home because it's Tuesday night. We got lots of stuff to do. We're driving along, talking about how well we thought the podcast went. How was the interview? Everything that went. Uh, I don't know. Were we hitting the lights? Uh, we were hitting. We hit a few lights. It was just nobody like, was out. We're in it's a hurry. It's super late. Want to get home. <laughs> and we're driving. And Luke's like, I'm just going to roll this light. And Well, it wasn't quite red. It was one of those. It was yellow. And then I'm like, I'm not going to make it. But. It was. I did it say was I'm pretty right. hold, I said, hold on, we're gonna. I did check. There wasn't a car for miles. Nothing. There may have been. I even checked behind. I me. think I saw a car on the left, like at the intersection, maybe 
right when we went through it was it was coming off the freeway right but that was like but, a half mile away right. or a quarter mile and then you say i'm gonna roll through it we roll through it i go whoop whoop and then all of a sudden the lights go whoop whoop totally behind us it was, <laughs> i was like it was the greatest thing because we're just oh. sitting there laughing <laughs> because it was funny well to set it right so it's a huge construction area we ended up in when because i'm like i don't know where to pull over and then we're on a bridge and i'm like well, i'm just gonna pull over here on that empty spot of the bridge so you think the boys could do some red and white you know with their new fancy oh, lights oh i don't know uh replicate that so we're of. on the dang bridge <laughs> and what i say hey let's get our hands up let's make this easy and we're looking out the left side because we're thinking right. he's coming up the driver's and we're still side. laughing like we're giggling like schoolgirls, right it's just funny as hell and then he taps on the window on your like, side and, and it was like, like oh hey i don't know how to get this window down we're stumbling with it he kind of comes up he's like you know i pulled you over right well i was like hey sorry it was stupid whatever you're still laughing he, he can I barely hear me over you you're like ah. <laughs> i'm like sorry that was dumb you got us you know yeah, whatever you need you know and then he goes, he's just like, <laughs> all right, go on <laughs> the whole time. Well, yeah, he goes, oh, you know, why? he pulled you guys over. And then it was like, just checking to see if you guys were drinking. <laughs> nope. Nope. Just trying to get home. We're just giggling madly because this is the funniest <laughs> thing that's happened all day. It was nuts. It was not super cool guy. Super great. I mean, it was cool. You know, he could have, you know, I obviously could have right you up for it. a ticket. Oh, yeah, totally. totally. And you were guilty Busted. as charged. 100%. Oh, totally. How do these fine folks, how can they find us there, Jared? So tomorrow or on Friday, we're going to drop this podcast or uh, at noon CST. Is that what we're calling it? Central time. Mm -hmm. And then that's going to be on iTunes and all of your podcasting places. And then YouTube. Uh, this version will be out a week from Friday, but we're dropping the new version tomorrow or on Friday. So leave a comment, subscribe, and rate and review us. The more comments we get, the more notifications, the more um, stuff that we get, the better off it does for our algorithm. And then this is a special one. If you're one of my boys who's been to the tailgate and you're listening to this and you're wondering about Luke mocking my mojitos, uh, this is the time to comment and let him know that you've had one of my mojitos and you love them to death. <laughs> hey, don't forget our first 100 subscribers to YouTube. We're going to jump you right into that giveaway that we'll have as soon as we hit those 100 subscribers. So make sure you pound it, hit it, subscribe Smash to us, grab it, all that you can get. If you're about to like what you're about to hear, these are our boys from the Quaker City Nighthawks. Oh, yeah. So here is to you. Here is to me. You know the rest. And we are out of here. <laughs> Thumbs up. <laughs>